Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 151 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, we're back. Uh, another week. Some more team previews to do later to, later today on this episode. Not as much news this week as last week, uh, because this is the first time we've done like an episode in back-to-back weeks and since the season, probably, I feel like. Since last season. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, because of that, there's not too much news, but there is a good amount of news for just a week's time. Um, and the first piece of news is that the Overwatch Anniversary Remix event has been announced. Part one, apparently there are going to be multiple parts to this, is going to start tomorrow, actually, April 5th. Um, basically, they announced, they, they sort of teased um, the Remix 1 event with uh, basically, I think, six remixed legendary skins, which is just basically remix means uh, recolored uh legendary skins and to be honest they're they all look really cool and clean um most of them are like a shiny white paint coat on them which is super cool um and yeah they basically announced this anniversary remix event they announced that archives and summer games would not be happening this would be replacing it um and it will just be in a bunch of different parts and this is the first part um so that's exciting. I'm sure we'll get maybe more news maybe later today um, or tomorrow on what exactly this is. Um, the pictures are online for all six of those remix skins, though, if you want to see it. Um, I believe there was Mercy Witch skin, uh, Genji, uh, Demon Genji, Oni Genji. Uh, then you had Nevermore Reaper, uh, Blackheart Reinhardt, White Cat Diva, and Zealot Zenyatta, the cultist Zenyatta. All with just like this nice, just white version of the skin. They're just all super clean. I like, I like all six. Uh, what do you think about this event, Joe? And you can give any additional thought or info you know about, uh, because I haven't looked into it too much, to be honest. Yeah, I know you're good. The yeah, the skins look nice. I'm not super into the skins myself. Um, uh, you know, it's it's all. I, I think more personal preference than anything, though. Because yeah, it is cool to have. Um, you know new, these new and different versions of um, what they described in one of the messages they put out was like you know intentionally popular skins that they picked um, to make some remakes so that was nice um, but yeah it, sh- it should be interesting to, to see how this goes I my the impression that I get is basically um, if, if not all the events for this year at least the events for the foreseeable future are just yeah going to be replaced with um, anniversary remakes part, you know, whatever. Um, uh, and I'm trying to think, would this actually be the anniversary event? I guess it would be, like, the real, quote-unquote, real yeah. anniversary event for the year. Um, but I assume, like, when we get to archives, for example, it sounds like it's just gonna be, like, anniversary part two. Um, and that kind of thing. And so we'll see all the same difference, um, you know, special brawls and mini games and stuff, um, that come out through the year that's all going to show up uh they explicitly confirmed um in the press release that was related to this um related to this event they explicitly confirmed that all of the uh skins and sprays and player icons from overwatch 1 will transfer over to overwatch 2 uh which we basically knew already um 
Yeah. Or I think they had they had hinted at that already, but I think this may have been uh, the first official confirmation we got of that. Um. Yeah. It, yeah. So it should be interesting. So the and yeah, the first round of this launches tomorrow. Um. And the other the other thing this includes is uh, some of those time limited. Um. Uh, like event skins that we've had recently uh, are going to be available as well. So the during the three weeks of anniversary remix number one, um, um, like like one one week at a time, you'll be able to go back and get uh, Bastet Anna, uh, the combat me the combat medic Baptiste skin uh, from his event and the Nano Cola Diva. Um, uh, all three of those will be available during this event as well, which which should be interesting. So you know, if you miss the uh, the opportunity, um, uh, th that'll come back as well, which is which is kind of nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I it'll be a nice little like way to get all these uh, rare skins before before Overwatch Two comes out, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely smaller, but maybe a little disappointing for people that they're just not getting these new events at all with new skins, just like different versions of old skins and stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll see um, what happens when when we get part two and part three, if it's the same thing, if we get more elaborate skins or anything like that. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, that's your in-game news for the week. And then we got... Um, two player signings actually and one just was announced a couple hours ago actually um the first one was announced on april fool's day which was an interesting time to have an announcement uh, for sure uh the atlanta rain signed speedily uh who if you don't know who speedily is uh american dps player um played for america tornado Bobby Wasabi, a uh, bunch of different teams throughout his whole career. Uh, XL2, uh, new NYXL's academy team at some point, 2019. Sky Fox's second wind. Bunch of big names, obviously, in the contender scene. Um, and he is a he's a young he's a young one. He's 17, and he won't be 18 until August 26th, which I believe there's. I mean, that's going to be very late in the season. Uh, if he's even allowed to play at all this season, I believe there were some people who were called reading in the um, in the uh, handbook or whatever the rule book for Overwatch League that if in, in previous seasons, if a player turned 18 after the halfway point, basically of the season, they still were not allowed to play. Um, mm. And I think maybe that rule was to prevent people from signing these young players, 17 years old, and just like not allowing them to play basically um for a long time yeah, I don't know. but uh, i don't know what the rule is i don't think anyone does i think that was just in previous years so i would imagine that's not a rule if atlanta rain signed them <laughs> or signed speedily uh, the only reason they would sign him then is to keep him for next year or just have him practice with them and get used to pro play which or just secure him, I guess. But uh, a lot of people are hyped about Speedily. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter saying this is a great signing if he is allowed to play at that point, and if they have him for the Summer Showdown, or the Countdown Cup, rather, um, and playoffs, obviously. Uh, which I think a lot of people believe this Atlanta squad, um, who picked up a lot of American contenders talent and has obviously kept a lot of their talent from last year, has a great chance 
to be at the playoffs at the end of the year. Um, do you know anything about Speedily Joe? Any thoughts on the signing? You know, I think that was a, a good summary there. Yeah, definitely um, a super, super hyped player who's come in through a lot of, um, like you said, a, a North American contenders and um, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's uh, definitely a bit of a gamble, obviously, you know, uh, you're using up um, the, you know, paying whatever salary and, and filling the roster slot um, in that particular way. But, I, you know, clearly... Uh, clearly, Atlanta's into it. Clearly, Atlanta is, is ready to invest, um, and and yeah, as if any, if the hype is to be believed, I mean that's it's going to be a big, uh, big addition for sure. Yeah, um, that's exciting. Uh, we have got another exciting signing today, uh, and Florida re-signing their old player Kariv, who uh, obviously it seemed like Kariv passed. Uh, Best couple of years, at least, uh, or, or last year, definitely one of his worst showings, sort of. Um, and uh, yeah, he's Kariv is here. He's back. Florida Mayhem, uh, obviously flex support player. If you don't know him, and uh, apparently the the reason they signed him was Sir uh, Sir Majd, uh, who is their current flex support player for the Florida Mayhem, uh, is having some visa issues and is still. Um, still not with the team, so they're bringing in Kariv to have some flexibility. They said, even though um, Sir Mudge is in uh, Saudi Saudi Arabia, which is where he's from, uh, they are considering playing him, and they, he is practicing with the team over some awful ping, probably. Uh, but having Kariv is obviously great for them. Low ping uh, would be fantastic still, despite maybe his most recent disappointing performances. <laughs> Um, this is a fun signing. I think a lot of people on Twitter like it. Still a lot of fans out there of Kariv, obviously. Um, and he had some very explosive years there with the LA Valiant, of course, at the beginning of his career. What do you think about this one, Joe? Yeah, um, yeah, ex- explosive at the, the beginning of his career. I, I'd, I'd say it's accurate. Uh, his most recent year in the league, I think, was uh, he was relatively relatively muted, I think, on the Guangzhou charge, but that may have more to do with the team than with... Um, uh, you know, than than with anything uh, else re- regarding him, but um, but yeah, this is team number four uh, for Kareev now on the uh, uh, in the overall sleep, and yeah, and it's good to have him back. Absolutely, um, you know, whether um, depending on how much of a stopgap this this may or may not end up being, uh, I think it's um, it's definitely going to be. Um, I anticipate he'll he'll have a solid contribution. Uh, for sure to this to this roster that uh, uh, we're gonna be previewing later. So, yeah, we will be previewing yeah. uh, the Sport of Mayhem roster so. basically next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, so we, we will get to see what Kariv. You know what? Might as well just get right into Sport of Mayhem right here. We're already talking about Kariv. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we're doing team previews here. Um, Last week we had a couple teams. This week we're doing uh, Florida Mayhem, Boston, New York Excelsior out of NA, and then we're doing Hanjo Spark uh, out of uh, the Asia region. Uh, we're still waiting on that LA Valiant preview because they, we know they're going to have a sign they don't have a tank player. So we're just waiting for them to sign someone. Uh, but yeah, let's start out with the Florida Mayhem, who of course, if you don't remember, uh, last year had probably their, I mean, their first season, the inaugural season was pretty awful for the Florida Mayhem, if you don't remember. Uh, but this is their most disappointing uh, season 
since that first season. I think it was extra disappointing because it was the same Florida Mayhem team uh, that did pretty well uh, in 2020. They placed like six overall in the standings, and that's not just in their region. Uh, they did very well. They brought back uh, pretty much the whole Florida Mayhem team besides uh, basically the tanks, and the main tank was the key uh, for a lot of people. It was OG. Uh, and Florbam were unable to get it done and unable to make playoffs, going 5-11, and 11, uh, being the odd man out, unfortunately, in that race for that ninth spot to make play-ins uh, that year. They overall went, obviously, 5-11 and 11, like the Guangzhou Charge. They finished 16 right above the Guangzhou Charge because of map, cause of map differential. Uh, and here in the offseason, uh, after a disastrous season like that, they did decide to just... Uh, dump everybody. Uh, so this is a brand new squad that they are bringing out here uh, with a lot of familiar names. They they have Checkmate. Uh, they have Mirror. Uh, of course, like we just mentioned, they signed Kariv. Another familiar name to everyone might be Adam, who was supposed to be on the LA Valiant last year. It did not because, of, of course, the LA Valiant decided to become a Chinese team at the last second. Uh, Adam will finally be making his Overwatch League debut. Animo, of course, another familiar name. Uh, and then, I, as I mentioned earlier, they have Surmaged, they have Hydron, uh, and then they have Someone uh, all joining as well as rookies. All right, with our team previews, we, we go through players to watch first. Uh, out of those players on this roster, Joe, who are you most looking forward to, to, to watching here? Who do you think... Uh, will stand out most on this Florida Mayhem team in this year, in this rebuilding year for them? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I think one of the... Um, and again, obviously, um, thinking about Kareem, I think it's it's going to be um, cool to see him back. But I think one of the, the biggest stories... Um, uh, one, of, one of the biggest stories of this roster has got to be uh, Adam. I think it's their, their one tank player right now until, uh, until someone ages up. Um, but yeah, this is like, you know, um, at least, you know, solid attempts number two at the league. And I know he's been, you know, LFTL for a long time. Um, and and um, finally having this opportunity this season to, to step in and, uh, and, and you know, show what it's, uh, show what he's worth. And I think that's, that's going to be super exciting. Uh, for a Florida that, again, you know, is... Um, um, for for the several off seasons in a row, you know, really trying to uh, make something different of themselves. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm gonna look at maybe I'm gonna look at another rookie, and that is Hydron, who uh, is a DPS player, uh, mainly hit scan uh, for uh, Redbird Esports, uh, American Tornado. Uh, obviously, these teams that have been synonymous with like winning recently at least in 2021 of na i mean you go to his liquipedia page the achievement sections a bunch of firsts and a couple seconds like he has been on successful rosters he has been a huge part of why they are success and i'm looking overall towards the talent coming out of redbird esports american tornado all those teams um and uprising academy who have all been really good in na recently I'm looking to see how that American talent stacks up. I think Hydron uh, could be a pretty worthy like replacement to someone like Yaki, who's obviously nutty and like <laughs> that's a, those are big shoes to fill from on the Florida Mayhem 
Um, but I think Hydrod could be up there. Of course, you also have Mirror and Checkmate on that DPS line. I think all three of those pretty worthy players to try to fight for a starting position. But Hydron's really going to be um, that hit scan specialist on that on this team, where where you have Mirror and Checkmate kind of flexing. Um, being more of a flex DPS. So they are putting a lot of pressure on Hydra to be that hit scan in a game where hit scan should be pretty a pretty good uh, role. Uh, Widowmaker should be pretty good with one less tank. Uh, same with like Cassidy and Soldier, all these hit scans. So I'm excited to see what Hydra could do. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing uh, how he does and how all these rookies do. Um, all right, next, uh, let's give them overall an off-season grade. As I mentioned before, um, basically the only player they kept was Checkmate. Um, they got rid of a bunch of obviously talented players after a disappointing season from them, getting rid of people like obviously Yaki Gangnam Jim, who I think are two players who are still great, and it shows because they got picked up by a new team. Um, but they also got rid of some duds like OG, who I think has unfortunately had some good games, but been a dud throughout his entire career. Uh, they got rid of Gargoyle, who I do think is good enough still to be in the league. Hasn't found a team yet. Um, BQB gone, stuff like that. Uh, they brought in, of course, a brand new head coach as well. We, we count coaching pickups, um, as well. And they brought in Gunba, um, as well as McGravy to their coaching staff with Day One. Uh, Day One is a Korean assistant coach, which is, is of, co- of course going to help with a bunch of Korean players on the roster. McGravy used to play for the Florida Man. We all know him. And then Gunba uh, used to be a coach for the LA Valiant, of course, uh, and the Boston Uprising for a little bit before he retired and went to Valorant. And he's back. All right. Give the Florida Mayhem an off-season grade based off all of these moves. Are these the moves they need to make after a disappointing season, Joe? Yeah, it's super interesting. I think um, but it, it feels like it's been you know forever ago. Uh, so it was good you went through some of those uh, uh, roster changes. Cause I, I, for, I forgot they had OG just this past season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Players like BQB that you know have, will definitely have been missed too from this roster. Um, but at the, at the same time, like I alluded to, um, you know, this is definitely not uh, Florida's first off season uh, where they're making big changes and they're 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 trying different things. Um, sometimes it's worked. Uh, I think of uh, what must have been mid season last season uh, that they had had a bit of a resurgence. Um, sometimes it hasn't, you know, um, as far as that goes for Florida, but. Um, um, but yeah, I think there there are definitely some solid pieces here, uh, and it's good that they're um, uh, tr- trying to make these kind of good connections too. You know, like um, uh, Sir Much, for example, is able uh, to hang to hang in with the team, and you know, um, uh, like you alluded to, maybe play in on ping, but uh, but staying connected and hopefully joining soon. Um, uh, just as an example, that I think um, you know, if it depends on what you're able to do with these pieces, uh, as as the Florida Mayhem, but um, it's going to be it's it's definitely going to be an inter- interesting season to watch these guys. Um, so yeah, as far as an offseason grade, there's there's not much to um, to dislike. I don't think here, 
Uh, I, I personally haven't mentioned Anamo even. Uh, it was good to, to see him hanging around in the league. But, um, uh, but yeah, not much to dislike here uh, other than, you know, potentially results. And that's going to be the question uh, once the league starts. But um, as far as the offseason goes, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they get a, a solid B, I think, in, in my book. Yeah, I'm right with you, Joe. I would also give them a B, I think. They went the right direction. I agree that they, after a disappointing year with some older players, that it might be time to clear the roster. I mean, obviously it stings a little bit to get rid of someone like Yaki and someone like Gangnam Jim, both who I think are still like top-tier players and great pickups for the New York Excelsior. But sometimes you just got to just gotta rebuild when you have uh, two older players like that who obviously had been on the roster for like three years or whatever. Um as far as the players they got to replace them, I'm not super impressed with, but I do think you have some younger players here who you can definitely build on in the future. And these older players like Anamo, um, like Mirror, like Kariv now, can really help these younger players like understand uh, what it takes to be in Overwatch League. Um, and that veteran talent can definitely help. Maybe I don't expect someone like a Kariv, maybe even an Anamo, um, to be on this team next year, but I definitely think they're, it's good to have these older players here for the to help this young talent blossom. Um, but yeah, I don't think they were like the most insane pickups or anything like that. I think you got some good young talent here, uh, but I think Florida could have done a little bit better with the rebuild. As far as coaching goes, I think pretty good coaches, pretty good coaches. Way to snag Gunba back up um, once he makes Overwatch or comes back to Overwatch League here. So yeah, I think it's overall a pretty decent offseason as far as the beginning of a rebuild goes. So I'll give it a B. Um, all right, how about 5v5 difference? It has been, this has been the toughest question to answer for sure for each team, Joe, because we don't know what uh, Overwatch 2 is going to be like personally um, because we don't, we haven't played the game. We haven't seen much gameplay of it. Uh but based off what we know, Joe, how do you think this team fares in 5v5 play? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think for Florida, uh, one of the biggest pieces that's, um, that that's going to require um, is um, the, leaning into um, what is probably safe to assume uh, might be a little bit more... Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, like a, an individual-focused game, I think. Um, it, it, like I said, it, it's good. Excuse me, that uh, to hear Florida making these steps uh, or taking these steps, you know, to to get the team together, and I think um, uh, trying to improve uh, that kind of play is definitely going to be important um, for a team that's coming from all these different kinds of uh, kinds of places and kinds of backgrounds and whatever. Um, um, but for example, if we're going to see players like Checkmate pop off, if we're going to see, uh, if we're going to see uh, Curry for Animal have you know the big, the big kind of plays that they known that they're known for, um, number one, obviously they're they're going to have plenty of, of play time with which to do it. But, um, um, but but then number two, I think that's um, going to be important in, in the context of uh, in the context of five v five and, and trimming down the 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 field a little bit. Um, and, and the effect that that's going to have. Yeah, um, I think so far my mentality has been like this depth and the amount of players here on this roster, especially after ending Kariv, is very nice for the Florida Mayhem in 5v5. 
when I'm guessing even though the teams have had this game for what, like two weeks, two and a half weeks maybe now, maybe almost three, I doubt they still have a handle of what exactly the best thing to do in this game is. Um, I doubt any team does. So I think it's really good to have this many players and cover like all your roles basically, having Adam and someone. You have a main tank and an off tank, despite only one of them being able to play at one time. Uh, having adding Kariv now, you're ready for a flex support meta, although Sir Maj will be on high ping. Uh, apparently, a lot of people think maybe it'll be a double flex support meta. Uh, and then having three deep, different DPS who cover a bunch of different hero pools. You got Mirror like for Doomfist and stuff like that. Like I think that's great. Or I guess <laughs> he can't play Doomfist, but maybe they could. They they will put Mirror on Doomfist uh, in the tank role. Who knows? That's how much flexibility you have for the, for the Florida Mayhem here. Um, so I think they're very well prepared for 5v5 and anything that can happen in it. Um, because I don't think teams know. I don't think we know. All I know is Florida Mayhem's well prepared. Um, all right. And then last, uh, last we're going to go to performance. What do we think they're going to do this year? Do we think they improve? Do we think they're able to make plans this year, Joe? Uh, keep in mind, I guess it is easier to make plans this year, which is a little sad for me. Um, but will will the Florida Mayhem improve, be better than that 5-11 and 11 that they were last year, Joe, and actually be able to compete um, in NA this year? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, I was surprised when you, when you read that off just now about... Um, uh, th- that they had finished five and eleven, um, but I mean at the same time, um, not every team is going to have opening record, just you know mathematically. So I suppose that that's something. But um, uh, I, I think in, in some ways it'll be a little bit of a difference from, or I, sh- I should say the same kind of thinking from uh, our last off season that we had, um, when when some of our logic was that I think there were um, a lot of teams and enough teams that were making. Um, significant enough uh, upgrades and, and progress uh, in their rosters. And, and again, I think Florida, um, uh, in my opinion, probably is, is not an exception to that. Um, uh, it, it, but, yeah, but that, you know, if everybody's making those upgrades, then it's harder to um, harder to, to work around and harder to make yourself stand out uh, on top of, of any of these kind of things. So I think that's going to be uh, that's you, you, the biggest issue for Florida. If they want to, you know, come up with that uh, winning record, if they want to uh, move, move up into the top half of North America, um, I, I think it's definitely possible um, to, to see some improvement. I, I don't, um, uh, I don't know that, that this will be a top tier team necessarily, but uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting team to, to watch as they evolve. Um, uh, you know, for for all the reasons we've been saying. Yeah, I think this is definitely. I think this is a slightly improved Florida Mayhem squad this year, and I think they will be competing for plans once again, and I think they might fare a little better than they did last year with, I think, a better tank line, better a good DPS line. I, I agree with you. I don't think this is – these aren't world beaters. This isn't a team probably going to be competing for top of NA, but I think they will be competing for play-in spots. I think they will be in that playoff race this year, hopefully. Um, because it's great to see young talent thrive in this league, obviously. Uh, I think they will be able to do better than that 5-11 and 11 spot. Um, so pretty pretty good offseason for Florida Mayhem. Not anything insane, but they, both me and Joe agree like they can perform better than they did last year. 
Um, all right, let's move on to another NA team, and it is the Boston Uprising. Uh, team, obviously, I worked for last year. Um, I no longer work for, but I'm still rooting for heavily because I a lot of players from last year still here. A lot of the, all the coaches back in Askoff, Baroy, and Lori. Um, and then they kept Punk, Faith, and Valentine. Uh, three of their, uh, I think, honestly, three of their better players. Maybe Valentine a little disappointing last year. Uh, but Punk and Faith, definitely, in my opinion, the two best players on this roster last year. And then they came in, they added Crimzo. Uh, Striker comes back, makes his return to Overwatch League, and back to the Boston Uprising. And probably the most shocking signing of this entire offseason. Uh, you got Marvel coming from the Soul Dynasty. Uh, then you got MCD coming from Hangzhou, or was it? Yeah, he was on Hangzhou. Coming oh, yeah, from Hangzhou right. Spark. Uh, you got Victoria coming from, Victoria and Itzal both coming from uh, Uprising Academy, uh, which has been a successful uh, venture for the Boston Uprising, as of late, at least. All right, it's been a pretty eventful offseason for this team, Joe. Uh, dumping a bunch of their players, unfortunately, from last year. Uh, but a lot of the older players that you know, kind of trimming the fat here. Um, what are your? Who are your players to watch here? This is one of the biggest rosters in the league right now to choose from out of players to watch. Who are your players to watch this year for the uprising? Yeah, this is definitely um, definitely a different team than than some other stuff that we've uh, <laughs> that we've seen out of this franchise in the past. Um, I I don't have a problem saying. Um, uh, just like I did last season, uh, th- that I think this may be, um, excuse me, this may be the the best iteration of, of Boston we've seen, um, um, you know, because of these upgrades, because of the the flexibility that they've afforded themselves, uh, obviously with the money that they've spent, um, I and yeah, pulling out pulling out some big names, and um, you know, there's the question of always oh, is is striker wash now after how after how many seasons, um, you know, he's he's making his uh, the return from the, this was this season one home uh, on this particular team, but um, I, I I doubt it's going to be uh, too. I doubt it's going to be uh, too significant a drop off, if any. Uh, that is, is definitely going to be um, a, a good addition for sure. Uh, as far as players to watch, because that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about right now. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I, I think um it may still be uh to some extent a question of the tank line for for boston um and i suppose i, I say tank line i should say tank player um now that we're going to 5v5 obviously but um uh th- th- that was that was one of their um uh, all of a sudden i'm second guessing myself but i believe that was one of their concerns last season if i remember right uh and trying to trying to find the consistency in the tank line but uh, when you've when you've got the flexibility now between between punk and Marvel as well as it's all um, uh, that's that's definitely available but I think those three players are and that that particular role uh, I think is, is um, gonna be gonna be an important one to have this um, team uh, you know land solidly on on something that works yeah I think definitely the main take was where you know Stan one wasn't as consistent as they probably wanted him to be. Uh, Gable C was in there for a little bit, and I don't think Laurie um, liked his performances as much as Punk, who I think had... you got to give it to Punk, who, you know, Gable C comes in, and this is... Gable C's a player that Laurie has coached for such a long time. Um, he loves this guy, obviously, 
and he, Punk earned that starting role over Gable C. Um, and, it, you know, he did really well with it. I am looking forward to see what, what seeing what Punk can do, who I know being there at the end of last year, right before they left, while this, while Punk was like, yep, it's time to get ready for Overwatch 2. I know he's been practicing Winston, Reinhardt. He's been practicing everyone, so he could be as flexible as he possibly can. Uh, and he's just one of the most hardworking dudes I know personally. Um, but, yeah, it would be... Obviously, Stryker is like the player that everyone has their eyes on, right? They want to know if he's as good as he used to be. And I'm going to be honest, if it is a Tracer meta, Boston Uprising is going to be nuts. Like, Stryker is still one of the best, if not the best, Tracer in this league. Um, and they that is that, in my opinion, was the, was the worst part of that Uprising roster last year was they unfortunately lost Soon, who was going to be their Tracer player. And they had no Tracer player. And Tracer was meta a good amount of the year. So having Striker this year, I think that was, they were like, let's, that has to be our biggest signing, Tracer. We need us Tracer. Um, but I, I, I will mention, I'm looking forward to seeing someone like Victoria, who is getting a lot of hype coming out of the Boston, or the Uprising Academy. Um, as well as see how, how, see how like Crimzo fits on this roster. Um, see how Marv, Marvel does uh, in comparison to Stan won last year. So lots of players to watch here, uh, especially for me uh, since I'm a fan. Uh, all right, as far as uh, offseason goes, Joe, as we mentioned, they uh, I didn't mention specific names, but they got rid of Gable C, uh, Stan won, I'm 37, uh, Myunbong, Color Hex Fusions. Uh, at the end of this past year. I think a couple of those were, were retirements and choices from the players. Uh, obviously, the only one out of those players who actually has landed on a team is Myunbong. A lot of people theorizing that Gable C could be back in the league since a lot of people are possibly looking for off tanks still. Um, they did keep uh, all the coaches in Laurie Baroy as Kaufman, or still assistant general manager. Of course, Huck, still the president uh, or the president of gaming there and stuff like that. And as I mentioned, they added all those players as well. As far as the offseason goes, do you think they made the right moves, kept the right players, brought in the right players? What did you think of the Boston Uprising's offseason, Joe? Yeah, this was definitely a good one. I um, Even thinking back all the way to um, uh, doing some quick math here, it looks like Crimzo may have been um, their their first offseason signing this 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 time around and I mean, certainly it's the first one that I remember um, and and um, um, I think you know signing a player um, with with those kind of skills obviously but also with the the name recognition and the and the following um, of his own I, I think that was definitely a, a good uh, uh, sort of tone setter uh, for the for the rest of Austin's offseason absolutely um, uh, but, but yeah so, some yeah, concrete um, you know, upgrades if not, you know, um, or I, I should say, maintaining at, at every roster if not upgrading uh, at every role uh, is definitely a great sign for for Boston. I'm, I'm, well, like I said, I'm, I'm satisfied with um, what I anticipate Strikers going to be able to contribute, um, uh, as as well as um, you know, uh, filling out the support line. Uh, definitely. Definitely losing Young Bong was a hit there, but um, um, but yeah, I, I I definitely still have confidence in this Boston roster. Uh, so if we're we're grading off season, I believe was the question, um, and and yeah, I think they 
uh, they, they definitely deserve a, a real nice one. Um, uh, I forget. I don't think I gave out an um, an A minus or anything to a, a team uh, last week, but I th Boston might honestly actually get one. Um, I'll be stingy with my A's. I'll be stingy with my A plus, but uh, but they they may it may actually get an A minus here for for this uh, season five offseason. Yeah, I'm, I I think this is the first team deserving of it out of what we've talked to be in that A range, and I'll I'll give them an A minus as well. I think the only downside is maybe it could end up being an upside is the controversial players they sent. Obviously, MCD. Luckily, you don't need him because you have Crimzo, who's been great. Um, but definitely a controversial figure to have on this team, and possibly could cause some drama. The other one is Striker in that. Um, obviously, last time Striker was on this team, he didn't enjoy being there. <laughs> and it was specifically Huck, obviously, because he ended up following Krusty uh, to his next uh, opportunity in San Francisco. Uh, so surprising that Strikers re-signed with Hike, but maybe a good sign. Um, so there's definitely some risky bets in here as far as this goes. But overall, like... if this works out, it's a genius offseason, and it's great, and this could be... Uh, the roster that Laurie heads uh, to a playoff run for the Boston Uprising, the first one since that inaugural year. Um, but yeah, and also I got to shout out how deep this roster is and how smart I think that is. Despite despite it being 5v5 now, Boston Uprising still fielding a roster like it's 6v6 almost, I think is smart. Um, and it's going to be really great for them to have that flexibility Um whatever meta comes because i think that was their biggest issue last year like i mentioned earlier in certain metas they just could not hang and they had to try to adapt to their own style which just didn't work out all the time so i will also give them an a minus all right speaking of 5v5 like i just mentioned um do you agree with my statement joe do you think like having this much depth is just gonna set up the uprising up for amazing 5v5 success I think it's kind of got to. I mean, that's um, the, the. I think that's um, what a lot of teams are leaning on right now in terms of um, with with all the uncertainties that um, we obviously know exist um, in uh, in everything that these teams are doing. I mean, uh, the ability to to have that flexibility and to have different players working on different things and to have um, uh, some the time and the energy to. Uh, to focus, I think that's that really is going to be important for them. Um, and I'm, uh, excuse me, I have I have no no trouble believing that that that's going to be um, it's going to do well for Boston. I agree. I think yeah, just go through what they're prepared for. I guess like they have a tracer player now. Valentine like doesn't have to be forced to be on that tracer role. He can finally just play what he's good at, which is Echo and Farah mainly and obviously genji when he popped off on genji um alongside someone like victoria who will be you know there for that hit scan when they need like a tracer widow or something like that uh they can have victoria on widow while strikers on tracer they don't need to force striker to play that hit scan um tanks you've got punk who covers so much you definitely have a sigma player here because marvel really good at sigma punk also really good at sigma um You've got a ball player in Marvel. You've got Itzal, who's also a really good main tank player. I think Itzal will probably, when they need Ryan, if Ryan is ever 
um, even meta, to be honest, because we don't know if it, it will be. They'll probably put Itzel on it over, or Winston, they'll probably put Itzel on it over Marvel, who I think, um, you know, has obviously, obviously been playing Sigma the most recently. Uh, they're ready for double flex support with MCD and Crimson. I mean, this team is just ready for anything 5v5 could throw at them. Um, I believe. I mean, we still don't know. There could be some ridiculous... There could be a double main support meta, which would be ridiculous. Um, or something like that. But honestly, I think Uprising is as ready as you can be for 5v5. You, they have covered all the bases here. So, yeah. There, there's no complaints here from me. Um, all right. Uh, team... Uh, team performance. So last year, I didn't mention how they did last year, uh, but last year the Boston Uprising just made it into uh, the play-ins there. They unfortunately ended up losing in what I think a lot of people thought was an upset to the Toronto Defiant because they got absolutely blasted in that game. It was not close. Um, but they went 7-9 and nine overall, got ninth in NA, they got 15th in the overall standings, uh, tying record with New York Excelsior Hangzhou Spark, and just having a slightly worse map differential there on it. Um, they they had a relatively successful season, ended up going to the summer showdown at some point and uh, lost to the Gladiators, but um, obviously wasn't the best season. Do you think this roster will do better than that 7-9 and nine mark, Joe? Um. Yeah, I think I, I think it kind of has to. Um, but with um. Uh, and uh, obviously we're gonna you know as we get closer to the season, uh, we're gonna start talking about better teams. We're gonna start um, uh, getting higher and higher on uh, last season's uh, standings. Uh, and, and, you know, so they're like I was talking about with Florida. There's gonna be more and more teams that improve. But I think uh, unlike with Florida, this this Boston roster, I'm much more um, confident about. Uh, and I'm much more excited to see how that, um, uh, you, you know, how high they end up going uh, versus um, any kind of kind of concern in the other direction. Um, um, yeah, the the confidence is definitely there. Nice. I think they will do better. Um, I I'm a bit too scared to come out and predict that they're going to be a top team or anything like that, but I do think they'll be in a similar position fighting in the middle of the standings here, and I think they will be able to come out on top of that fight, to be honest. I think they they will be able to get in NA like around 5th through 7th, 5th through 8th around there, like 5 being that peak for them. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think they will have a better season. Um Let's now go to an NA team returning to NA who's in, I believe, like the opposite situation as the Boston Uprising as far as like preparedness goes for 5v5 and stuff like that. Um, this is the New York Excelsior making their way back to NA this year, which means we do get to revive that Boston versus New York rivalry, which is fun. Um, and the rivalry gets even bigger because someone like Myunbong uh, has decided to join the Eric Excelsior, who used to be on the Boston Uprising. This offseason was a complete wipe for the Eric Excelsior, besides Flora. Got rid of a lot of uh, mainstays here on the Excelsior roster, obviously, like Jonak, uh, Bianca, Yakpunk, Feather, Kalios, uh, and then Guangbung and Friday, which I think was, uh, I think I mentioned on this podcast, it was a bit disappointing when it was happening to me because. 
this was a this was one of the best rebuilds last year. I thought they this they sort of peaked at the end of the year. They were getting big upsets, um, and they had a lot of potential in some of these players. And I ended up just deciding not to roll with any of them besides Flora, who I, I, I don't blame on Flora's pretty good actually. Um, but yeah, overall, like uh, definitely a bit confusing move. But they brought in some really good players, anyways. Joe, they brought in Yaki and Gangnam Jim. We mentioned earlier from Florida Mayhem. They brought in Kellen, who's a pretty hyped-up main tank player uh, from Korean Contenders, and like I mentioned, Myunbong for Boston Uprising. Um, out of those players, who are you looking forward to watching the most here, Joe? Uh, yeah, I think we're uh, at this point. It looks like we're going to be able to we're going to be seeing a lot of them, uh, as far as that goes. Um, uh, we, although I believe uh, we, you know we've had confirmed that um, New York likely has more signings or did they have um, to but basically to, have to have they have to have at least one more signing that they just haven't announced because they have to have six players so which is also kind of bizarre like I don't know why you would do that unless like you were gonna drop them quickly and change to somebody else I don't know but yeah um, regardless. Uh, of the five players we know now, or, or I assume we're going to see a lot of them. Um, but yeah, I think um, uh, as far as fun players to watch, I think, um, uh, <laughs> I mean, really, I think all of them are going to be able to, to enjoy themselves one way or another. But but I'll throw uh, I'll throw my hat in for Myungbong. I think they're in the sport line, like who we're talking about him with, um, like we were talking about him on uh, uh, Boston most recently. I think. Um, he's definitely uh, one of the, one of the lights, one of the um, you know bright spots in this roster. Um, that's uh, you know, granted, uh, he's got some big shoes to fill from Jonak, obviously, but uh, Jonak's moved on. Uh, he's <laughs> he's got other things to focus on. Uh, we'll get into him later, but uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely going to be interesting stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um... I'll go Yaki just because I know he's going to be really good again, and I'm excited to see him possibly on a better roster that can support him a little bit better than a tank like OG could. I think Kellen, immediate upgrade from OG, for sure. Um, so I'll go Yaki. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see him prove that he's still one of the top DPS players because I really think he is. Um, but yeah, this roster is still confusing, as, as we mentioned, as we move into sort of giving them an off-season grade, because, you know, I think they need two types of players here um, to fill out this roster. The first one is an off-tank, which I think is very confusing, because if a, if a team has gone for a solo tank strategy with 5v5, it has been a flex tank, right? It has mostly been flex tanks who have been signed everyone thinks yeah flex tanks will be strong reinhardt has looked pointless and not as good so far in overwatch 2 winston obviously has a little bit of an upgrade but people aren't sure if he's going to be good enough uh arissa seems really fun but arissa doesn't even play like she used to right she does play more like a flex tank in, in my opinion now so a lot of people favoring flex tanks so the fact that they only signed one main tank as far as we know is kind of weird uh obviously everyone preparing for that double flex support meta Lots of murmurs that Lucio's really good, though. So you sit here with NYXL, you're like, Gangnam Jim, Myeongbong, two flex supports. Who is even playing Lucio here? Like, we've never seen either of these players play Lucio if Lucio's meta. So New York, like, 
yeah, these names are great, Joe, right? But like, it doesn't seem like they're well prepared for 5v5 in this state. Um, maybe give me an offseason grade for them, but also let me know, like, if they have only signed one player, Joe, do you think it should be a flex take or do you think it should be a main support that should be that sixth player they reveal here? Mm, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, I think if if the goal, um, particularly of this, uh, uh, you, you, I think if the goal of this New York roster is to try to be compact, uh, you know, maybe save some money, maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh, put the best together with what you got. Uh, I think um, your your biggest um, your your I don't know. I was gonna say your biggest liability. My, my gut says in the tank role again, just because of um, what we what we have or haven't seen out of Kellen um, in the context of what uh, I anticipate um, the the tank role is gonna have to do and the flexibility they're gonna have to be able to exhibit in in this game. Um, I think that's my 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 tentative answer there, but um, but yeah, as far as an off season, it's really hard to say, uh, just because because we we don't know much about this roster at all. Um, well, I mean we do, but it, there, there isn't much to it, um, and I think that's not going to be a great sign uh, for for a New York that didn't do too hot in 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 uh, the East last season and. I'm not sure it's going to do too hot um, uh, in North America this year either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's super interesting. If I had to choose, like, who to sign, I think it's Flex Tank at this point. Like, I think you just can't depend on Kellen to play all these tanks, tank heroes. But I think both of them are real. I think a main support's important too, so really rough. Uh, I forgot to mention, as far as off-season pickups, they did get a new head coach, and that is Kuki. Um, if you if you don't know Kuki, if you're newer to the Overwatch League scene, Kuki used to to coach for the Florida Mayhem last year. Uh, Runaway at some point uh, played in the league as well for the Los Angeles Valley and the Seoul Dynasty. So uh, I think everyone likes Kuki as a coach. I think this is a good pickup. Um, and as far as offseason grades go, I'll give the NYXL like a B minus because. I don't know. I feel bad grading them yet, Joe, because I don't know their full roster. But I think I'll give them a B because I really like the players they signed. I think they signed great talent and they kept Flora, which was a good choice. But like, I just don't, I don't know. Obviously they have a lot of holes right now and seeing if they, maybe if they signed two players to fill those two holes, like maybe I would up this up, but for now I'm just going to keep it at a B. Um, Did you give them a great Joe? I can't remember. Uh, not not a letter grade, but it's not going to be super high. It's not going to be a B. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, yeah, let, uh, yeah. I think they they New York because I'm with you on like the players that they have are fine. Um, I, I think they're going to be able to they're going to be able to to hang with the teams, but um, but yeah, I think it's it's got to be a, a like a C or a. Uh, I was, I was gonna say we're a C minus, but maybe just to see uh, for this particular roster. But uh, yeah, de- I'm definitely not um, super impressed as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, t- I agree with you there. I'm just like giving them the benefit of the doubt. 
that they have like one or two players in here that are going to fill the roster. But I mean, we basically already talked about 5v5 difference. And like, I think we both agree, like this team is not well prepared for it at all. Uh, They're prepared for like one outcome from 5v5 right now. And it's that um, it's going to be a double flex support meta with a main tank. So that's the only thing they're ready for. Anything else to add to what we've already said before about how this New York team is just, like, not deep at all? Uh, no, I think that, that yeah. pretty well takes care of it as far as I can. <laughs> and, 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 you know, once they, once they make whatever announcements they're going to make, I mean, that's uh, we'll report on it here as far as that goes. So Yeah, definitely. Um, and maybe we'll give a little update on our thoughts based off those signings. But, yeah. Um, all right, uh, time to decide here, you know, what, what do we think, uh, New York's performance is going to be like in comparison to last year, New York last year went seven and nine, just like the Boston uprising did. They went 14th overall in the league and they went sixth, just missing out on play-ins in Asia. Doesn't matter of course, cause they're going to NA and going to be facing completely different teams. So based off those facts, Joe, and what we see so far with New York, this little base here do you think they'll do better than seven and nine this year and i guess in na they would be uh right where boston uprising they would have made plans in na last year and they would have got ninth um so do you think they'll be around ninth in na or do you think they'll do better or worse here joe yeah i think it's uh it's gonna be a little bit of a decline from there uh i think it's uh definitely fair to say so it'd be ninth out of 13 um, is what we're looking at in North America, obviously, but uh, um, yeah, I think I think I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a little aggressive of a prediction, I suppose. But um, I I would uh, tend to say preseason New York's going to be lucky to make top ten um, uh, out of those thirteen. It's um, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny that you compared them to Boston as far as finishing with the same record because they. Um, Boston's definitely the the different North American story that we're that we're covering today, but um, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be um, uh, is, is they're going to end up placing lower. Excuse me, this season than last. I tend to agree, and it's mainly I obviously like these players, like I mentioned before, but like I think a lot of there are, there are good amount of teams towards the bottom that have definitely improved here in NA. I think. I think NNA overall, like some teams at the top got even better, but some teams at the top got a little bit worse, but not worse enough to like drop them super low, in my opinion. Um, While at the bottom, I think you can only see like better performances from these teams, like we mentioned last week, like Vancouver and London. Definitely think both of them are going to be more competitive than their one in 15 years. I think Florida will still be like around where they were last year, like I mentioned. Paris is still going to give a good fight. Maybe not as good as last year. Toronto, probably a better fight. Like, yeah. I, overall, NA, like, I think has evened out a little bit more towards the middle to bottom. So I think it's going to be tougher for New York to compete with this low-depth roster. Uh, hopefully they announce more players, though. All right, those are our three NA teams. So let's move over to our one Asia team we are going to be doing today, and that is the Hangzhou Spark, which is a very interesting team to delve into, obviously. Because last year, uh, 
their most disappointing season yet, for sure. Uh, going 13th overall, yeah, not fun, especially after their peaks, their highest highs back in 2019, their first year in this league, going fourth overall, which I think a lot of people forget that they were fourth overall in this league at some point. Uh, and then these past two years, 2020, 2021, they have just been kind of the median. You know, they've been the middle. They've been in the middle of this league. And they have brought out some talent, but I think it's just been a little bit of a disaster each year um, as far as, like, a lot of hype around the talent they're bringing in, and then they just do not much with it, which is sad. Uh, but as far as the soft season Joes go, they picked up four players and two Chinese players in Pineapple and Super Rich, and then they picked up uh, two Korean players in Alpha Yi and Irony. Um, and a lot of hype around these players, going to be honest. Some good talent they picked up. Uh, and then they kept a bunch of players as well. Um, and probably the most familiar names, uh, obviously, Bernard Shai, Gu Shui, Architect. Uh, and then Lija is still technically on this roster, despite, uh, obviously, he had some issues last year, uh, is a two-way player for the Spark now. And then as far as coaches go, they kept uh, they kept Xiao Gui uh, in that assistant coach role, but they completely uh, got a brand new coaching staff. Besides that, with Changun, who has a very successful past, uh, being on the Seoul Dynasty and the London Spitfire, being to two grand finals as a coach is pretty impressive, and winning one of them with the London Spitfire. Uh, and then you add two familiar names as well in players that are now turning into coaches or have turned into coaches in the past and are, are now at a league level in Neko, uh, who, of course, used to play for like Uprising, Toronto Defiant. Uh, and then you have Miro, uh, very obviously super famous for his uh, for playing in the World Cup and uh, all that stuff. Gen- or Seoul Dynasty back in the day, back in the inaugural season, Luna Takai. Like Miro, most hyped off tank or most hyped main tank going into the going into to the Overwatch League. So uh, coming back as a coach, assistant coach now for the Hangzhou Spark. All right, <laughs> now that I've gotten rid of everything that done on the offseason, Joe, uh, what players are you looking at here for the Hangzhou Spark to elevate them back to that uh, high level status they were at at one point? That's a good question, and I do think a lot of it is going to come from. Um, the, a lot of it is going to come from that new talent that you were you were talking through. Um, I, for example, I know um, uh, just off the top of my head, Super Rich is is uh, one of the players I've heard a lot about, um, and it's definitely going to be an exciting addition to see. But I mean, um, uh, just overall, that that's those are the 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 core players that I'm going to be looking at when it comes to um, uh, trying to to step up and make a. Uh, you know, make a, a name for um, to make a name for the team <laughs> as as we're stepping into to season five and and to try to hang with um, the 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 power creep of of the league. I think it's a little bit of a different story in uh, in Asia. You know, as we'll we'll keep going and we'll keep talking about it. But um, uh, but at least initially, that's going to be uh, where a lot of my focus is. Yeah, I don't blame you, Joe. It's worth mentioning those four players you're talking about, the new ones, Pineapple, Alpha Yi, Irony, Super Rich, all on the same team last year, and it is the academy team of the Angel Spark Billy Billy Gaming that did very well last year in Chinese contenders, uh, placing firsts, 
uh, getting some firsts in there, getting some seconds in there. I, I don't believe they they made it to the finals every time. They they didn't miss the finals in 2021 as far as contenders go. So, uh, yeah, this is a good. These are four players that have played together and have had success in that Chinese contenders. It'll be interesting to see if they, you know, let them play together. But I doubt they will because they still got insane talent. I'll point out my players to watch, and it's Shy, who I think is last year was still that guy for the Hangzhou Spark, was still that one shining star for this team. And when Hangzhou had a chance to win, it was because of this guy. So I'll point out Shy still. Um, like Architect is still like a great player to have as well obviously but yeah i think a lot of people like you joe have their eyes on this new talent because you know you, you put your faith into these players for two years now shy architect gushway all these people they haven't come up with the best success so you're like okay maybe it's time to look at these new players um so off-season grade joe what, what, how do you think they did bring do you think they brought in the right players got rid of the right players i didn't mention who they got rid of um uh, but they got rid of somensu coldest mika idk mcd uh, Takuyaki and Godsby. Um, well, Takuyaki and Godsby left in the middle of the season last year, actually. Um, and, of course, like I mentioned, brought on those coaches, which I think a lot of people think that was their biggest flaw because they had the talent. Maybe the coaching staff was the issue. Um, brought in those four players, like I mentioned earlier, and kept some pretty good talent, right? What do you, what do you think of the Hangzhou Sparks offseason? What grade would you give it? Yeah, there were definitely some uh, some coaching controversies last year, mm-hmm. uh, to be sure. But uh, uh, the yeah, offseason great. I think the upgrades are good. Um, uh, they're definitely pulling a Boston uprising in terms of the the roster size uh, and the depth that they're working with now. Uh, and and again, I think that is going to be to their advantage, uh, just purely based on all the things we don't know, uh, and surely all the things that uh, the the team doesn't know yet um, about. Uh, about the way this game's going to evolve, uh, so I think that works in their favor. Um, and yeah, pulling pulling up some big talents to to really uh, step up and hopefully uh, again, if you're when we're comparing the teams within uh, with it within the regions, I mean Asia, I think um, it's probably fair to say last season was uh, relatively stratified. Uh, like there were there were uh, a set of um, sort of mid and top teams and then there were uh, several that, that struggled near the bottom and I think uh, Hangzhou was, was a team that struggled last season um, but he, he, you know with luck and, and with good work from again particularly these these new players and these additions I think um, the the potential is there for, for Hangzhou to, to step up a tier um, as uh, the season continues oh yeah definitely oh yeah by the way I made a mistake Super Rich is not from Billy Billy Gaming he was on Team CC in Korea who also did really well uh, in 2021 and 2020. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I agree. I think Hawk Joe Spark, I, I think they did the best they could this offseason, for sure. Like, to be honest, I think they brought in some really good talent. They did it the way you're kind of supposed to. You're supposed to take from that. Similar to Boston Uprising, like you mentioned, they kind of took from their contenders team a lot. Um, and both the Uprising Academy and Billy Billy Gaming, very successful in their regions. So smart to do that. Um, and, and it might be good. To, I mean, everyone talks about how this is a mixed Chinese-Korean roster. You have, like, a possibility to go, like, a full Chinese um, lineup, maybe. Uh, or 
less of a chance to do a full Korean, obviously, because you only have four players and you need five. But you could go the full Chinese route. I think they're more well-prepared to deal with issues they've had in the past. They have a good coaching staff this time around. Um, stayed within the organization as well, which is good because I think some of these Hangzhou Spark managers and stuff like that were working with Billy Billy Gaming as well. Um, so that's good. And yeah, overall, I, I, I'm I'm thinking about giving Hangzhou an A minus, just like Boston Uprising. To be honest, I think this is pretty solid, and I think I, I don't know. I think it's good that they know like. We still have these talented players like Gushui, Shy, Architect. Like I don't think they've been performing poorly. I think it's been the coaching staff that has been the issue. We're going to bring in a successful coach in Changun. We're going to bring in some player coaches, which I believe uh, players always love when they have former players coaching them. Like they they have someone who has been in their shoes before. Like that's a great move as well. So yeah, I'll give the Hangzhou Spark an A minus for their offseason. I think they did pretty well. Filling, uh, filling the issues they had last year. Um, all right, how about 5v5 differential, Joe? Uh, how do you think Hangzhou Spark will fare in 5v5? Because, I, I mean, the only thing they – a lot of teams rolling with three support, they only have two, right? And both of them rookies, so they're going to have to depend on these rookies playing support. This is true, yeah. I'm going to sneeze. Maybe. <laughs> Go ahead. Maybe. Maybe. No. Maybe not. No. Okay. Now it's going away. No. <laughs> um, yeah. No. That's true. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Here, just in case you want to cut it or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no. Yes. That that makes. I mean, it, it is true. When you think about the the uh, the roster difference there, um, yeah, that those are going to be uh, bigger bigger roles to fill down, bigger uh, spots on the team to take. Uh, for these rookies, again, just by virtue of fewer players on the field, it is going to do that to you. Um, uh, you, you. Yeah, so that that can be a concern. But I think in other ways, um, the, I, I I suspect, um, like I sort of alluded to when I made the comparison to Boston earlier, that I think um, having having the larger roster overall, uh, and, and you know maybe maybe there's even you know. Um, further additions that can be made or further um, changes that can be made as the team uh, starts to field out this league but but uh, further further changes and uh, and and um, uh, a, a larger roster like that I think is is really gonna work in their favor um, and and you know maybe even enough to, um, uh, to to account for some of those things like that yeah I will note like I don't know, like, it feels like maybe don't judge a book by its cover with this large roster because you, you take a deeper look into, like, where their flexibility lies. It's fully in their DPS. They have four DPS. They technically, if Legia is in the same situation that he's in last year, they technically only have two tanks, um, and then they only have two supports. So, like, they aren't maybe as deep as you would think they would be, especially, like, in the support role where a lot of people have three supports and maybe are prepared for a flex support meta. Um, whereas Hangzhou won't be, um, but it's hard to it's hard to say like no, they won't be good at five v five because honestly they still do have a lot of players on this team, and I think a lot of good players. So with a lot of like I think all of Asia, almost all of Asia has like a player on their team that are very good in carry metas. Even Guangzhou, like I mentioned last week, um, like they have a really good um, some really good carry players. 
I think Hogjo also has some really good carry players in there. Two new DPS players in Alpha Yi and Pineapple, but also their old players in Architect and Shy. Like Architect and Shy, their previous experience in the Overwatch League, they've had some huge carry moments. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, I I, I think uh, Hogjo can fare pretty well in 5v5. Um, but let's talk about uh, overall what we think of this team and if we think they can do better than they did last year. They did barely make play-in last year um, when they got fifth in the East, going 7-9, and nine, just slightly under that 500 mark. Um, and overall, in the standings, they went 13th, as I mentioned before. Joe, do you think this roster uh, can place higher than that 7-9 and nine and fifth um, in the East this year? I mean, keeping in mind... Honestly, most of the East like just sort of rebuilt and got a little better, right? Yeah, exactly. I think um, that there's there's two different questions where where one is um, you know is this is this a better team than last year? Um, does does this have um, more more flexibility and more capability um, than last year's roster? Um, and then a separate question is are they going to place better? Um, because yeah, not only are you like like we've been talking about dealing with other teams who have also made upgrades um but even more significantly um when you're dealing with um uh, an asian division that now has one fewer team uh, you know so uh even uh, even if you made an upgrade from from fifth out of eight to you know fourth out of seven the the numbers aren't exactly uh um um you know, it's similar similar numbers overall. It's just based on just based on that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so there's there's that to to uh, to contend with too. Uh, but I, I do think I don't have a I don't have a problem saying that I, I think this is um, definitely going to be a, a stronger Hangzhou than we've seen in the past. Um, uh, and hopefully they they have the team play and the the you know the insubstantials. Um, uh, that they've been developing on the over the offseason that they're able to properly show um, in their in their gameplay itself to to back that up. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I really think like I like this Hangzhou better than last year's Hangzhou, but my only issue is uh, around them people have improved. Maybe they go up one place and they're better than the Fusion or whatever. But like I don't know, Ch- Chengdu keeping most of their roster. They're still going to be great. Shanghai is going to be amazing keeping their entire roster. Seoul only making main improvements, I think. Even Philly arguably made some improvements. And like we mentioned in last week's episode, Guangzhou made some improvements. Like it's hard to say Hangzhou can do much better than what they did last year, but I do think they will be more competitive. I do think they have potential to get a little bit higher than they did last year, but I would not be surprised if they just end up where they were before. So um, yeah, I, I really think uh, it's really hard for me to put them higher, unfortunately, uh, despite me liking their offseason. Um, but yeah, that's that's it, I guess, for Hong Joe Spark preview and our preview of those uh, three other teams in the Florida Man, Boston Uprising, and New York Excelsior, um, which is great. We're almost like a month out of the season, Joe, so we're getting our previews done here. We're, we're going to get some get through some more previews this month obviously the rest of the teams the men power rankings right before the season starts oh so, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and i think that may end up being a um 
I forget how we timed it out. That may end up being a big show where we do the last team previews and power rankings at the same time. I forget. That'll be fun. I forget how we timed that out. But yeah, exactly. The, all the, you know, more Overwatch League, please, as far as I'm concerned. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Hope, and hopefully get some more Overwatch 2 news, stuff like that, uh, to talk about throughout the throughout the month. So Absolutely. Obviously, beta's like three weeks away. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's it for this episode, episode uh, 151 here around the flank. So thank you all for listening. Uh, and, you know, follow us on Twitter. My Twitter's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. And the show's Twitter's at On the Flank Show. Uh, you're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening and uh, enjoy another week before our next team previews come.